the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the twelfth chapter. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Where I am, there will be my servant also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. for you. How many of you have ever planted a seed? Good. What kind of seeds? Just so I know what I'm working with. Yeah. Ooh, strawberries. Nice. Beans. Okay. Cucumbers. Cucumbers. Flowers. Flowers. Nice. There's nothing like a flower. Yeah. Watermelon. Ooh, watermelon. I'm, I'm going to come to all your houses when you plant these seeds, let me tell you. Now, when you have seeds, you put them in the earth. Sometimes they have varying degrees of depth. You cover them up. There's water. There might be other stuff involved, but those are the basic processes, right? What happens? Yep. It grows. It grows. What else? You put water on 
You put water on them. Great. What else? Um, you put water on them, then the sun shines on them. Nice. Yeah, you need the sun. The sun's important. Sun, water, grows. Yes. You also need soil. Yes. What else? Yes. Soil. So, in the midst of all this, have you ever, 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 ever seen what goes on underneath? There was one time that I planted the seeds and I wasn't real sure if they were coming up. It was taking a long time. And so what I did is I dug in the ground. I dug in the ground just for one, not all of them, but just for one. I dug in the ground to see what that seed was doing. You know what I was doing? Yeah. Yeah. It was making little roots. Now the seed didn't look the same. For this one, it kind of it had kind of the hard part of the seed. It cracked open, and there's little roots coming out, and there's a little piece coming up. And I'm sure other people in the congregation could tell you what these pieces are called. But there's a little piece coming up, and there's roots coming out. The seed wasn't really there anymore. Well, it was becoming a plant. It was becoming something different. It was growing up. Now, from that plant were coming a lot of other seeds. You could get them out of the fruits or the vegetables or whatever else was there. But that seed itself wasn't there anymore. In today's lesson, we hear that when we follow Jesus, the way that we once were, the ways that we might be selfish, or the ways that we might think only about us, not about others, the way that might take us away from God and from neighbor, those things aren't there anymore. We become something different. So if you were a seed, if you were a seed, you would change. Yeah. You would change into something different. You would change into something that didn't look anything like you do now, but is still beautiful but is still wonderful and produces all those beautiful and wonderful things that God has given you. Seeds are like us. You are the way that you are now, but you won't stay that way forever. I won't stay that way forever. Nobody will stay that way forever. But the way that we are is in God's hands. God will make you into something wonderful. God will turn you into something good. That doesn't mean every moment of your life will be wonderful and good. But that does mean that good things will come out of you. Like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We are all like seeds. We will become something different but those different things will be good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Shall we pray? Let us pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for being with us our whole lives and for turning us into good fruit, for making good things come out of us, just like you do the seeds. Give us the water Give us the sunlight and give us the soil that we need to grow. That we might be able to bear the fruits that are good 
in this world. And we might help one another to do the same. Thank you for being a God that cares for the seeds. In your name we pray. Amen. There we go. Would you like us name? In the name of Jesus, amen. It's hard to believe that it's going to be Palm Sunday next week. It's hard to believe that we're nearly, almost, to the end of our Lenten journey. This whole time we've been looking at this pattern of hearing the Word made flesh and dwell among us, hearing Christ in our midst and responding. And we started with Noah and the watery promises that God made to us in our own baptisms. And we understood that a covenant was a promise that God makes, is a promise that God makes, one that never ever leaves us. And we understood with Abram and Sarah as they changed and had their names changed into Abraham and Sarah, alongside Jesus rebuking Peter, that the way that we live our lives and everything about us that's attached to our own names, they're secondary. And the ways that God has called us adoptive sons and daughters, brothers and sisters to Christ, and that all the good things we do in this world stacked up are nothing, and that all the terrible things we do stacked up in this world are nothing, and that in the midst of it all, it's all washed away. We are only and solely sons and daughters of God. We heard of the Ten Commandments and Jesus tossing the temple and then in the midst of this covenant promises of our identity as sons and daughters of God, we understood that a life lived as God would have us live is messy. That the commandments might seem pretty simple, but once we get into it, we're really kind of all twisted around that the, the ways of this world and the ways of our hands and the ways of our society in general isn't very clear. And so we find ourselves in places just like Jesus found himself trying to understand what it is that we're to do and it never seeming quite ideally right. And then we looked at the serpent raised up on the pole and we looked at Jesus raised up on the cross and we realized that in the midst of this mess God asks us not to look away from the mess but directly towards it. That in the places where our sin in the places where our pain in the places where our suffering are the greatest their God is the greatest also. Just like on the cross. 
that the God who calls us sons and daughters will never forsake us or leave us in the midst of this mess. Today, we have something new. We have before us this promise in Jeremiah, which is not a text that we read together very often, but we have this promise in Jeremiah to create a new covenant, to produce something new, to write on our hearts, and to know personally God with one another. And this, written long before the time of Christ, most people say, points to Christ. That we would no longer have to go through a priest or through a temple to know God, but God would come to know us dearly and intimately through the Son and through the Spirit. And this is good and unnerving all at the same time. Because if God is everywhere, and if God is with us everywhere, then where do we turn? And towards whom do we go? We know the theological answers. We know that we turn ourselves towards God in Lent, and we know that we make ourselves, as much as we can make ourselves into anything, like Christ. But what do we do? It's as if the compass is always pointing north. God is everywhere, and so I don't know where I am. And then we have the gospel. A thing that tells us that when God is everywhere, that doesn't mean that we have no place. When God is everywhere, that doesn't mean we have no direction, we have no purpose. When God is everywhere, God is also here. Telling us in our own particular context what we need to hear as well as others in theirs, what they need to hear. Each seed is different. We might be of the same variety. We might all be beans. I don't know. Some of you might be flowers. I'm probably a bean. Each seed is different and each seed is of a common variety, but each seed comes up differently, doesn't it? No two plants grow exactly the same way. When you fall into the earth and are made new, you bear fruit different than me. Similar, but different. Our orientation, what we are to do in the world, I believe in this text is not about only being in the right place at the right time. It's not about making the right decisions in jobs it's not about discerning the exact right thing we're to do. It's about becoming the good fruit that God was, is, and will be. It's about falling to ourselves and rising to the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, about bearing those fruits inside of us and that wherever we are, we bear those fruits. It's about an orientation that sees God everywhere as God is everywhere 
and no longer needs to look to a temple or a priest to know the holy thing. All of this is abstract. And so let's ask a permanent question. For you, for you, where do you see the fruits of the Spirit? And this is one of those non-rhetorical questions. So, for you, for you, where do you see the fruits of the Spirit? Where do you see the marks of God? You don't know. Okay, that's fine. Be honest. The park. A garden. I see it there. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Where do you see these things? Here. And other people. Here. My daughters. Your daughters. They came from somewhere. Where else? Teachers. Teachers at school. Doctors. Home. Folks that are nice. People helping people. I see it in the everlasting graciousness and forgiveness of a spouse. We know these fruits. We know these fruits, don't we? And we've seen them grow up in places. And a wide variety of places. They don't only grow in church. And they don't only grow in people that we know. And they don't only grow in things that we expect. We have all been surprised by a place where we found grace. We've all been surprised by a place where we found love. We've all been surprised in a place where we found joy. These fruits are unpredictable as our God is everywhere. And so you too become unpredictable and good fruits. Going wherever the Spirit might lead and finding yourself wherever life might take you. Wherever you are and whoever you are, you hear the word and you fall to the earth and you die and you respond. You grow. You are transformed. And the fruit, by the grace of God, comes out of you. Hear the word. Respond. Fall into the earth. Respond. Die. Respond. May God, in the midst of this finishing of Lent and throughout your life, continue to grow up new and surprising fruits in us. Amen. Amen.